You are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast with your host, Jeff Engler. What is up, everybody? It is your captain back at it again for another episode of the 100% Elite Podcast, episode 67, with another jam-packed week of AEW content in the books served up to us by our Lord and Savior, Tony Khan. Um, There was a a couple lowlights. Dark was another huge uh, night of... Uh, random thrown together matches that um, I'm forced to watch. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> AEW Dark Elevation uh, starting next Monday. So get ready for that. Uh, I'll be covering that and Dark. So woohoo, more, more shows to watch. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. Paul White's going to be commentating with uh, Tony Schiavone. And the card is stacking up to be pretty fucking good, man. Um, I know Ty Conti is going to be on there facing somebody. Uh, and Jungle Boy is going to be facing Danny Limelight. Um, there's a couple other matches. I, didn't, I, I forgot to look at the entire thing. But this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's, it's cooking up to be actual competitive matches. Um, that are are gonna be storyline based, and it's not gonna just be matches for the sake of matches. So that's what it's that's what it's looking like it's gonna be. And dark is gonna stay whatever it is, random matches for indie guys to get booked and paid, and you know padding records and maybe a little bit of story. I'm hoping AEW Dark Elevation is more more promos. I hope it's more. Um, uh, production value is di- they said it's going to look completely different from dark so dark is just you know plain jane dynamite whatever so maybe this will have a whole new feel to it that's what they're at least saying let's just wait and see uh i'm going to actually give them two weeks two weeks to sell me on this show and if not um i'm going to pick between AEW Dark Elevation and AEW Dark, and I'm only going to cover one of those two. Uh, If they're both good and they both kind of shorten up a little bit to where it's just, you know, an hour of uh, on Monday, an hour on Tuesday, and then two hours on Wednesday, cool. I can can jam them all into this podcast every single week, no problem. But if it's fucking two hours a piece on each of those shows, or all all of them, plus then we still have another hour of content coming to TNT, man, that's just, uh, it's a lot of content, and I don't want to um, half-ass uh, a bunch of shit, you know what I mean, to be, because you can always just go on the internet and look up all the cards and see who won, and if you really care, you can just go look at the matches yourself, so there would be no reason to to listen to this uh, and and have me cover a million fucking things and try to speed through them so the podcast isn't you know four and a half hours long of me talking to you guys, um, <clears throat> so we'll see. Um, not a whole lot in the news other than the you know the stuff that happened on Dynamite. Obviously, uh, Jim Cornette really not happy with uh, Maki Ito, so. <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to be. He's, uh, he's, he's, Jesus, I hate that guy. Um, and then the ratings, the ratings weren't that good. Uh, it was like seven, seven forty, seven hundred thousand for, no, what was it? 743,000 to like 693,000, something like that. AEW still pulling out a win, a slight win, and the ratings dipped a lot. <clears throat> I mean, like two weeks ago, maybe in the week the week before Revolution, it was like nine hundred something. Like, man, they can't be having you know the the ratings dip this low. And then there was another thing that happened this week on Dynamite that was it wasn't on them; it was on TNT. Uh, there were some audio issues during the Ethan Page match, which 
Yeah. I mean, Jesel Pete's. You get this guy his debut on Dynamite, and there's a fucking basketball game uh, like audio piped in during his match. Oh man, it was it pissed me off. So I ended up uh, so Tony Khan um, put it on YouTube. So I ended up watching it right before this podcast. To be completely honest, because. Uh, he deserves it, man. And Lee Johnson and him had a great little match. Um, I really liked the way it worked. We'll talk about it more once we get into Dynamite. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's really all I can see in the news here. Uh, if I'm missing something, hit me up. Tell me what I'm missing. But other than that, let's get right into dark. First match was Powerhouse Hobbs versus Angel Fashion. Huge spine on the pine in the town business for the win here. Obviously, Powerhouse Hobbs looking just like his name, uh, smashing this dude. Uh, yeah, good one. Patent records for Powerhouse. Next match was uh, Ezreal and Danny Limelight versus SCU. Continuing this storyline, CD and Frankie Kazarian um, not losing. <laughs> Celebrity rehab for the win here. Um, CD is also on AEW Unrestricted, um, this week, so if you want to listen to his stuff, go ahead, uh, I started listening to a little bit, it's, it's pretty good, um, you know, he talks about the hanging it up soon, stuff like that, so, uh, maybe, maybe he's wanted to hang it up and people are keeping him in there, uh, for, for, I don't know what, it's not like I don't like CD, that, don't get me wrong, it's just, they have a lot of talent um and it seems sometimes like he doesn't want to be in there i don't you know what i mean maybe it just comes off that way maybe i'm completely wrong um but yeah so nice uh win for seu sticking together obviously uh we'll get into where they were on dynamite this week uh once we get to it but after this we had cesar bononi and Ryan Nemeth and Peter Avalon looking like they're creating a little stable here um, versus Aaron Solo, Brick um, Aldridge, and then Dean Alexander. Uh, Ryan hits a neck breaker for the win here, and he kind of does like a little dance before he hits it. It was an okay match. It wasn't anything to write home about. After this, we had Lee Johnson versus Baron Black. Now, this was a nice back-and-forth uh, match. Baron Black has actually had pretty decent matches with just about everybody um, that I've seen. <laughs> it seems like he's wrestled just about everybody, but uh, there was a Death Valley driver uh, for two that was nice, but Lee Johnson hitting that blue thunder bomb for the win. Um Padding that record so he can go against Ethan Page in the match that uh, the audio was fucked up on. Um, after this, we had Aaron Fry, D3, and John Cruz, uh, Serpentico, uh, and Very Morales versus the Dark Order. Colt Cabana, Alex Reynolds, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. Um, City Skyline for the win here. There was a, a nice, uh, nice little group tag fucking mash up here at the end everybody kind of hit their finish on somebody uh evil uno hitting that uh fuck what does he call it there's a name for that thing it's that spin out fucking flatliner that just looks dope as shit uh i've said this like a million times evil uno man he's just gotten better and better and better uh his move set has gotten better since the first time we saw him even though I was one of the people who always uh, liked the Dark Order. I liked their gimmick. They had this like mysterious. Um, it always, Evil Uno always kind of uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Fist of the North Star character. Um, what was he? Fist of the West, something like that. Anyways, if you've never seen the Fist of the North Star, you don't know what I'm talking about. But he reminded me of uh, Jaggy. Um, he was the main character's brother. Uh, anyways. He, he wore this helmet, and uh, it's I don't know why he reminds me of a character from that anime. It's an old anime. Uh, it's, it's like one of the best, but he just did. So now he's uh, his moveset's catching up to uh, the work rate in the character, and they're all baby faces now, which is, uh, you know, we've all talked about that, and it's nice. It's a nice gimmick change for all of them. I mean, it's not really a gimmick change for all of them, but I mean, it, it's a nice, 
you know, face turn for, for all of them. And, um, I can't, man, I really can't wait until they start like touring again and having live crowds. I cannot wait to go to one of their shows and see this live. Um, for those of you that have seen, uh, live wrestling before, uh, dude, hit me up on Twitter at jangler 88 or at the official hundred percent elite podcast, Twitter page at a hundred elite pod. And let me know what that experience is like. I still have not experienced live wrestling yet so i'm i'm pretty pumped i'm hoping things go back to normal so i can um i would love to go to an aew show for them to come to cincinnati in some capacity i know fucking heritage bank arena or whatever is super you know stuck on wwe's nuts so um but i know it's a big thing for john moxley to come here and bring uh, aew here and stuff like that so hopefully we get that pretty soon I mean, obviously not too soon, but like 2022, we could, we could do that. That's feasible, right? Um, where was I at? Oh yeah. Dark quarter hitting the uh, Cole Cabana hitting the city skyline for the win. Let's move on here. Uh, Cameron Stewart and Ryzen versus the varsity blondes. Dude, that discus elbow, uh, that fucking, uh, Griff Garrison hit was fucking nasty. He smashed this dude, uh, Cameron Stewart. Um, the I don't know. This, there's something weird about that dude. Um, he just doesn't seem some off. There's something off about him. Um, but yeah, that discus elbow for the win was nice. Griff Garrison has have he's been having great matches. He does the big splash in the corners. Um, he he his work rate is good. He's he does the big pop up in the middle of the ring. It's it's pretty nice. Um. Diamante versus Savannah Thorne. Code red for the win here. Diamante picking up a win. I really wish they would fucking make women's tag titles. I know on NXT they just unveiled theirs, but women's tag titles, trio titles, come on, Tony Khan. Let's get it in there. Um, After this, we had the match on Dark that we have been waiting for for a while. If you watch Sammy Guevara's vlogs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This match has been hyped for them for weeks and weeks and weeks. It was Fuego Del Sol, the master of the Tornado DDT versus QT Marshall, the master of the Diamond Cutter, as he so put it. Um, But... QT special in the middle of that was that pop-up elbow. I love that fucking move. Um, There was an avalanche Rana by uh, Fuego. And then he hits the Tornado DDT. It was nice. It was a nice back and forth uh, between both of them. Diamond Cutter for the win. Obviously, QT going over here. Um, Man, I think it would have been cool if Fuego would have beat QT. I, I don't... I mean, obviously, Fuego... Uh, when he doesn't wear the blue gear, he looks like a flaming, uh, bag of, or no, a, fl- a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. That's, that's what I call him. Not a flaming. Um, <laughs> I think it would what is his gimmick when he wears that, uh, flame on game on or something like that. So it makes sense. It, it, it works out. Um, after this, we had Carly Bravo versus Kip Sabian. Uh, Carly Bravo did all right in this match. Uh, not a whole lot of offense from him. Uh, there was that stalling uh, corkscrew suplex uh, for the win. And um, yeah, uh, Kip Sabian, man. I don't know. He's just not He's not doing it for me. But not before it is, though. He's definitely, definitely doing it for me. Um, next match was Catalina Perez versus Abaddon. Cemetery drive for the win. I hate this finisher. It doesn't... It doesn't look like it. I mean, they're literally just landing on their knees, and uh, she's not even like, I don't know. It's just a weird fucking looking finisher to where it doesn't even look like it's for real doing anything to them. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not big on Abaddon. I know the internet's fucking crazy about her, and everybody posts, oh, this is so great. Yeah, she looks cool. That's fine. But she hasn't shown me that she can wrestle. That's for damn sure. I mean, I don't know if it's the gimmick getting in her, in her way, and maybe she doesn't have to wrestle that good because uh, of the gimmick. So I don't know. But e- even when you pull stuff off like this, like even the Fiend can fucking wrestle. 
He can wrestle wrestle his ass off, and, and even he looked more vicious than Bray Wyatt ever did. So I just wish he would show in her work uh, more than anything, because I know there's potential for her to be great in this division. Um, maybe somebody just needs to pull her aside and 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 say, is the gimmick more worth the you know the match? Like, is it is it more important? To, for you to do all this, you know, the blood in your mouth and to do all this stuff and the and the face paint, like it probably takes her hours to do her face up and get everything on, blah, blah, blah. And then to come out there and not have great matches, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe she can tone it down a little bit and spend more time getting a little bit more snug, work on the finish work on people who she's working with. <laughs> like can actually have good solid matches. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little too harsh on Abaddon. Uh, next match was Sonny kiss and Joey Janela versus Santana and Ortiz. This was actually a really great main event. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I thought this was going to be a squash match just because Joey and Sonny, uh, you know, Santana and Ortiz, they're, they're such a, top tier tag team that I just didn't expect the back and forth like this. Uh, Sonny looked great in this. Um, Joey, Joey's a little off lately, man. It's weird. Uh, I'm more sold on Sonny than I am Joey now. It, it, it It's weird that how that happens, but um, proud and powerful. Uh, the double team Sonny for a while. Cause Joey's I don't know. He just gets taken out and is gone out of this match for a while. There's a Death Valley driver neckbreaker combo for the win by Santana and Ortiz. Not pulling out the street sweeper here, but uh, there was a lot of uh, nice tag team moves by Joey and Sonny. Uh, Sonny pulling out the splits. I think um, Joey did like a neckbreaker or something like that, and Sonny hit somebody with the splits. It was there was a nice couple of little moves that they do for sure, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a perfect main event for dark, but I don't think they ever are. Um, so hopefully these get shortened down to back to the, the hour long darks with a couple of promo segments. And then this elevation, I'm, I'm really hoping they pull out the stops and make this like a big deal. Uh, have all the crowds in there. Um, I know they, they did this for people actually in the crowd. So there should be Piped in crowd noise, or not piped in. There should be live crowd noise. Uh, I don't know if it's before and after, like right after Dynamite. So, like they get the live crowd feel. There's, I think, four matches set for Monday, maybe five. Um, so we'll see what they are. I'm, I'm excited, <laughs> as as excited as I can be. Um, but I, I think it's mostly for the commentary team, and that's kind of set. Well. Jungle Boy versus Danny Limelight is going to be fucking dope. Uh, we saw the little tiny snippet at Revolution that we got of Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy. So I, I can't even imagine. Danny Limelight's like, he's light Ray Phoenix. You know, he, he does some cool shit. Um, so, I mean, I think it's going to be a great match. Um, so I'm at least looking forward to that one. So normally after dark, we get right into... The official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the official homework of the week is actually an Ethan Page match. Of course, I would bring out an Ethan Page match on the night of his debut. Um, This one is actually a pretty fun match. It's MJF versus Ethan Page in a dog collar match. You can find it on YouTube very, very easily. Um... Don't forget to uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think of the homework this week. Um, Those are the rules you have to follow. Um, And, yeah, just tell me what you think of this match. Tell me what you think of uh, how young MJF looks in this. Um, Ethan Page doesn't look that much younger. He looks a little bit um, skinnier, uh, like not as much muscle, because I know he's packed on a lot of muscle since then. Um, but yeah, it's a nice dog collar match. It's, it's obviously on an indie show. Uh, but yeah, tell me what you think. Uh, let me know on Twitter at jangler 88 and at the official hundred percent elite podcast, Twitter page at a hundred elite pod. Um, 
without further ado, let's get right into Dynamite. Dynamite this week, uh, I thought was a killer show. Um, it started off on fire with Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson. Um, and SCU, like I said, we'd be back to this watching in uh, in the crowd, sitting sitting outside the ring. Not right outside. They're in the they're in the crowd. They're in the stands, watching the match. Uh, you know, taking notes on because they're the number one contenders. I don't know if you've looked at the rankings, but SCU is at the top, even though uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix have the number one contenders match in the f- near future is what they're trying to say to be determined. But the the rankings say that uh, SCU are like six and zero or something like that so far. Um, so yeah, they're watching the match. Phoenix is nuts. Let's just start off by saying that he does the most insane shit. I love that where he basically climbs up. So he throws Matt into the turnbuckle. He like uh, jumps around and does the spinning kick and kicks uh, Matt in the face. I always uh, love seeing that kind of stuff. There was a counter Rana avalanche power bomb to Phoenix. Uh, there was an inside out destroyer uh, on the um what's it called on the ramp and then there was one on the out there was a destroyer on the outside of the ring too matt jackson just taking it to ray phoenix i mean this match had it all this match had all the big spots plus you know them picking apart um body parts too it was it was really nice there was a big elbow drop by matt for two um there was uh, two super, super kicks by Matt, and then Phoenix doing the pop-up uh, kick to the face. I love when he does this last little uh, last little move before they both go down to cell at the same time. Um, there was a slick pile driver by Phoenix for the win. Um, and it's the drill claw, basically, but he knees him in the fucking head before he drops down. Um yeah, so this was this was a nice match. Uh, Phoenix picking up the win over Matt, over the tag champs. So I love when they do feuds like this. Basically, um, you know, Phoenix having won over Matt, making the feud a little bit more competitive. And because uh, right now, man, it it Phoenix is a babyface. I don't care what you say. Pac and Phoenix are are still babyfaces. Um, they they they're not doing dastardly shit. They're they're working really well. I mean, Pac is more of kind of like a tweener. He's like in between. You know what I'm saying? Pentagon is. We'll get into that shit. He's definitely a heel. Uh, but Ray Phoenix man is on fire on top of his game. Uh, just killing it right now. He is. I know. I I've seen a lot of stuff comparing him to Ray Mysterio. I don't think they're even close to being the same and and what I mean by that is I don't think you can compare the two because um just because they do lucha style and they both have a mask doesn't mean that they're the same guy they work completely different um if you go back and watch a lot of old Rey Mysterio he does some cool shit I'm sorry Ray Phoenix just blows him out of the fucking water the stuff that he does defies gravity it, it's throwing caution completely out the window into a trash can that's full of gas and setting it on fire. Um, I mean, as much as I, I loved Rey Mysterio growing up and he did a lot of cool sp- stuff, I think I think Phoenix deserves a little bit more respect than that. Um, and, and it's not a slight to either. I got I got in the 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 quicksand here on this topic, but. Uh, yeah, I, it's just how I feel about Ray Phoenix. I think he is, um, I don't think any luchador is above him whatsoever. I think he's killing it right now. He's he's on fire. I mean, I would like to see him in that TNT title shot. Or, I mean, since he's in this um, tag team title position like they are, I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice to see them carry around some belts. Uh, Pac obviously deserves... Um, some recognition for all the time and effort and the matches he's had with Kenny Omega. Um, well, I, I, I guess don't put him in the TNT thing yet because I think that's where Penta's headed to and we'll get into that more towards his match. So um, after after this Ray Phoenix and Matt Jackson match, we 
get the explanation we've all been waiting for. And if you missed it, it was all over the internet, and it's also on this podcast. Let's roll it. Well, folks, here it is. The big explanation everyone wants to know about. It's a little embarrassing, but, you know, I'm me. When I went in that ring and I covered my friend thinking there was going to be this big explosion and all these fireworks, I caught a flashback to the last time I had this anxiety. Last time I had this kind of panic where I couldn't breathe. And that's when I was sitting in a jail cell getting ready for court and I had the guards walking back and forth telling me, we're going to take you to Rikers, boy. We're going to take you to Sing Sing, boy. And everything went black. That's what happened. Go ahead and make fun of it. Call me a coward, less of a man. I'm not speaking for you, and I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to those that understand where I'm coming from. Kenny, Kenny, you think this is a video game? Look at the heat, look at the heat. That's what I felt in that ring. Look at these hands. I didn't scar them up playing video games. You think you're the Joker? You think, you're the, you think this is funny? No, I don't. I don't think he was joking. I think he was really gonna try to pull no, me to king. No, there's no way. I think he, he was really being the Joker. A, I think he really and you're Batman. To, he wanted to blow. I like that, but I think he really wanted to blow me up for sure. I don't think he's that nuts. Look, I don't know who paid for that bomb. I hope Tony Khan. Impact Khan's, definitely did. You know that. Impact. Impact paid for the bomb. Definitely. That makes perfect Without sense. A doubt. Let me ask you a question. When that bomb came in the mail, did it come in a box with big bold letters that said Acme on it? I made more explosive volcanoes in fourth grade science class. What the hell was that? Look, I had an explosive barbed wire death match live on pay-per-view, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. It is a cool t-shirt, but I didn't win the world championship. Ken, you were the better man that night at Revolution. But I did get a drinking buddy back. I knew that wasn't you, man. I knew that wasn't you out there. You know? Well, title does crazy things to I know, you, you know what I mean? I know you. You know. I mean, you could have came out, you know, a little bit earlier. You know, I was getting the crap kicked Bro, out of me for about 18 days. minutes been a by three days. guys. But I now I'm on pay-per-view. I got to get my eyebrows done. I got to put my Tims on. You I don't want to go You know my there. style, B. You know my style, man. It's 1998 forever in my head, B. I can't look bad on pay-per-view, look, huh? I'm glad you didn't get blown up and everything. Thank you. Same, same. Even though I still, I wanted to see a bomb go off. Like, you know. Yeah, through. a lot of people did, though. Look. Kenny, good brothers. <laughs> if you're gonna flash a weapon, you know this. Mm-hmm. You better use it. Instantly fixed right there. I don't care. I, I completely forgot all about uh, what happened at Revolution. Like, it just doesn't even matter now. It, the, the, the way that they're spinning this and the way that they're turning this into storyline, and we'll get into more of it later with Eddie Kingston and uh, Kenny Omega... And a, a killer funny segment later on, but th- I mean, this is ridiculous. This is amazing. Like Eddie and Mox together, friends, tag partners. Will will come to find out. It, it's amazing, man. Their their banter back and forth is so genuine. It's like true, real brothers, friends. It it's great. I I want more of this. This is. This is awesome. Eddie Kingston, obviously instant uh, baby face. Uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's so it's so charismatic. Like they both just play off each other so well. And I think that's why we bought into their feud uh, when they were feuding beforehand. And they kind of explain it. And, you know, Eddie Kingston kind of brushes off, you know, championships. They do that to uh, some people. You know, that's just what happens. Um, it's the nature of the game. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, I loved this segment. It fixed it all, in my opinion. Uh, clean, clean slate. Um, after this, we had Cody Rhodes, ver- you know, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, the American Nightmare, um, <laughs> versus Seth Gargas. Um, I mean, he squashed this dude. Figure four for the win. Um, I thought, I mean... Cody had a competitive match with Peter Avalon, and then this Seth Gargas guy, who actually looked legit, gets squashed fast. It's just weird. Uh, Cody, you're my favorite wrestler. I I usually agree with everything you do, but if you're going to give the worst wrestler on the roster, Peter Avalon, 
that much time, at least give this kid a little bit. I know this is just a way to get you out there so you could talk with uh, the guy sitting in the crowd. So the guy sitting in the crowd at the Spanish commentary desk was none other than Penta L0M or just Pentagon Jr. That's that's we don't need to call him these random names because AAA won't release his fucking name. Um, Pentagon Jr. stands up, starts cutting promos on Cody and uh, basically telling him that if he would have worked harder to uh, ruin his arm, he wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, hold his new baby girl that is soon to be um, born. And Cody goes nuts charges after him they do a little brawl um right in the the first row of the of the crowd like not in the crowd they're just in the seats um obviously everybody's dis you know social distancing and all that stuff that's not what happened but in that first like row in the in the fan section i am here for this shit pentagon jr and cody rhodes my two favorite fucking wrestlers this is this is perfect. This is the feud I've been waiting for. Um, you know, I, this is going to be insane. Uh, obviously, Pentagon just has that presence about him. Like, I feel like once I go to a show and I'm sitting front row, hopefully, uh, Tori, if you're listening, just make sure you get up front row seats. It's going to be great. Um, and that dude looks over your way i'm sure it like he just pierces into your soul and terrifies you even you know what i'm saying like i i just i can't wait to see him in person uh but yeah cody rhodes penta this feud is going to be insane uh, i hope this is a, a long drawn out feud between the two of them and it ends in like a lights out match where we see you know the, the Pentagon from Lucha Underground with the fucking light tubes and all the cool shit. Um, I, man, I think it would be super dope. Uh, but I, I also like him by himself. Um, I would like to see him and Darby go at it uh, for the TNT championship. Um, and it was nice, uh, uh, Alex uh, Aberhentes or whatever his name is, to do the translating for him so he can he can cut the you know, the shit heel promo and have him, uh, deliver it to us in English. It was, it was definitely a cool, cool, uh, save on their part. So after this segment, um, there was a Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy promo. They basically are at an arcade and, um, they're setting up another match with Miro and Kip Sabian. Basically they're going to set up arcade machines around the ring and they're going to throw Miro and Kip all through them, and then they're going to break you, is what Orange Cassidy said. This seems like a little bit of overkill, man. Um, hopefully it's a really cool match. Hopefully they bring something we haven't seen, uh, more of like a hardcore tornado tag style match, and you know we see a lot of people going through shit, but they're obviously not going to be real arcade machines because that would be stupid. Those things are thousands of fucking dollars. Um, yeah, nice little promo segment. Uh, I was going to play it, but that's pretty much it. It's just them saying, Hey, let's have a match. Um, after this sting comes out to talk to Tony and Lance Archer interrupts. Holy fuck. They're setting up another great feud. So not only are we getting Pentagon and Cody, we're getting Lance Archer and Sting at some point because this is just an interruption. He's basically saying, I will take as much time as I want. Uh, you don't tell me otherwise. And Jake the Snake says, bye, Stinger. Um, and then Stinger just walks off, man. That was it. Tony's like kind of left there like, okay, I guess uh, there's no uh, interview today. Um after this, we had a, a QT promo with Lee Johnson uh, right before their match. Basically, Dasha asks, what happened in the Battle Royale? And, and QT just brushes off, nothing. I, you know, I, I got a little angry. It's no big deal. Uh, but tonight is Lee Johnson's night. Let's just worry about his stuff. And then we get all the fucked up audio. So if you missed Ethan Page's uh, little promo as he was uh, making his entrance, here it is. Let's roll it. I demand it. 
a one-on-one -on -one singles match. And yet here we are with QT Marshall managing Lee Johnson, taking up 33.3% of Ethan Page's spotlight. So I'm very sorry, Lee. But tonight, you'll be dealing with a very aggravated, agitated, and annoyed all-ego Ethan Page. Nice, short, sweet little promo. Um, all-ego Ethan Page. Oh, man, I'm so fucking pumped that he's here. You guys have no idea. The dude has an incredible vlog also. Uh, his uh, 100th episode is up. Um, he shows off that tattoo that fucking Tody, uh, Tody, Cody gave him with that weight belt. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, fuck. I, I, I'm so excited to see who he starts his first feud with. It, it's looking like it's not going to be QT or anybody else, but let's get into this match. Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson. Man, there was a lot of great back and forth, a lot of great fucking counters, um, you know, Ethan Page hitting that uh, springboard from the uh, ape, you know, standing on the apron. He hops up in and hits a cutter on Lee Johnson. Uh, he literally picks him up while he's on the turnbuckle. He's uh, just tosses him off this big avalanche fucking uh, power slam. And it was, it was, man, it was great. It was a nice back and forth match. The ego's edge for the win, which is basically, uh, the razor's edge. And, um, but Lee Johnson, I mean, he had a blue thunderbomb ego kicked out of that. Um, they had a lot of, uh, great back and forth stuff. Ethan page hitting this sick fucking, uh, you know, backbreaker on the outside, stalling him, on the barricade, uh, it was, man, this is a nice start to Ethan Page's legacy in AEW, um, I hate that it was fucked up by the audio issues, uh, luckily, Tony Khan put it up on YouTube, like I said, so go check out the match if you missed it, if you want a clearer version with, you know, the normal audio, uh, that it should have had, go check it out, because it deserves a watch for both of these guys, so after, um, the match. Well, actually, there's a really cool spot in the match where Lee Johnson lands kind of awkward and it looks like he hurt his leg. And, you know, the ref's checking him out. And Ethan Page goes, Oh, you know, let's just get on with it and kicks him right in the face and uh, beats the shit out of him with his hurt leg and, and continues the match uh, before he wins. Uh, after he wins, he starts beating down Lee Johnson. QT does not slide in for the save. Uh, Dustin Rhodes comes out and makes the save, runs off Ethan Page, and QT just kind of looks at Dustin and walks off. Um, so I think there's more of a feud with QT and Dustin than there is uh, Ethan Page with anybody. I wonder if QT aligns himself with Ethan Page. I mean, they would make a pretty cool tag team, um, even though QT is more... Uh, I don't know. I would like to see Ethan Page jump into the TNT title um, spot a little bit quicker. I think he does. I mean, he deserves it. He's put in a lot of work, a lot of time. And that fucking feud, if you haven't checked it out, do yourself a favor. The, the feud between him and Darby in Evolve and in the Indies was amazing. So I would love to see that uh, happen uh, on Dynamite. I think it would be perfect. Um, after this match, uh, they had Hangman's a uh, little s segment here. He was uh, spending some of his money rolling up on this brand new lawnmower. Um, and he said he bought some liquor. Uh, and then the Dark Order go to take a ride on this lawnmower. They all pile up on it. There's a nice, uh, if you need a new background for your phone, uh, there's a really good uh, picture of all them standing on it. Besides five, I think, because he exceeded the weight limit. So they uh, didn't let him on the lawnmower. Um, I'm hoping this is done with at least Hangman and Matt Hardy. Uh, I, we'll get into a spot a little bit later. Uh, Matt Hardy uh, acquiring some talent. Uh, but after this, we had um, Kenny Omega interrupting Tony talking about Christian Cage. Uh, well, at least going to start and Don Callis and, uh, 
you know, the good brothers come out. They're all coming out, interrupting, talking about how Eddie Kingston, um, you know, this and Eddie Kingston, that Eddie Kingston comes out. Uh, and we get this fantastic moment where they're basically calling him a coward saying, Oh my God, I passed out because of some, you know, sparklers. And I, it reminded me of when I got detention in the fourth grade or whatever. And, uh, Eddie Kingston's just kind of taking this humiliation. Don Callis is ripping him to shreds talking about how he fired him and impact, which was a real thing that really happened. He got an attitude and mouth off to I don't know if it was Don or if it was somebody else and he got fired but you know Kenny Omega finally pushing it to the limit he uh he, they start the clock the countdown again like here I'll give you 10 seconds to get out of this ring and save yourself from all four of us and they start the clock and Kenny lays down and says 69 me Don <laughs> He fucking Don Callis lays on top of him, day 69 for a couple seconds. And I think that's the first time we're ever going to hear anybody, and the last time we're ever going to hear anybody say 69 me on fucking dynamite. Um, Kenny Omega is just, he's, he's a genius because this was fucking hysterical. Uh, literally going in on the fact that, um, you know, we didn't deserve the finish. And of course it wasn't going to blow up because that's what we all wanted to see. And they weren't going to give it to us. They, they took away that satisfaction. And they also told Eddie Kingston that they took that moment away from him. He no longer looks like the hero. He looks like a coward, like, uh, which, uh, you know, I didn't really touch on when Eddie Kingston cut his promo, but I mean, he really, he really touched uh, a couple of people on the internet talking about anxiety and how it affects him and how he, you know, has PTSD of things that have happened. So when, I mean, when you're out there trying to throw yourself on your friend thinking that there's going to be a big explode, a bomb's going to go off. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, your anxiety gets to you. I'm sure it, if it was a real, like, let's just say all this is a real thing and it's and he's out there really trying to save his friend. Yeah, I could see somebody passing out from just the stress of it all. I, that's a real thing that could happen. And it's great that he's not using mental health, but also he's putting it into a storyline and making such a badass as Eddie Kingston seem so human with with such um, such ease. It's, it's fantastic. So Eddie Kingston ends up finally punching Kenny in the face. A brawl starts. Uh, Mox comes out and, and evens the odds a little bit and, uh, everybody's brawling, everything's happening. And then we hear the music, which, um, fucking JR already forgot. He doesn't even know who's coming out. He's like, whose music is this? Uh, <laughs> we just, we literally just heard it at revolution JR. It's, uh, and Tony Schiavone doesn't, you know, miss a beat. He's like, you know what that is? It's Christian cage. That's his music. JR still goes along with it. I didn't recognize his music. Uh, <laughs> and Christian cage comes out and we get the face off Kenny Omega and Christian cage. Um, man, I didn't know that I wanted to see Kenny Omega and Christian go at it so fast, but man, I'm ready for it. I am so ready for this. But I hope also that he he goes through a couple people. I th- I hope Christian Cage comes up the rankings and then gets that title shot because I mean he's got a long term deal, so putting him right at the top wouldn't be you know wouldn't be smart and wouldn't be fair to the other guys that have already that are already in line. So I say bring him up the list, give him a bunch of matches, uh, pad that record, have him come in. I mean he. You know, Kenny Omega ends up trying to swing on him. He almost uh, flips the switch and hits the fuck. What was it called? The unprettier. God, that's what it was called. It's called something else now. Um, I know he had to change the name of it because of, you know, WWE copywriting and taking everything and blah, blah, blah. Um, So... Oh, to- speaking of copyright, so if you listen to, um, so Oral Sessions is Renee Paquette's uh, podcast. She talked to pa- Paul White and she talked to Christian Cage. And in the Paul White episode, he talks about how somebody in AEW has filed for the trademark 
for Captain Insano. Are you fucking kidding me? Can you just see Paul White coming out in the Captain Insano gimmick, talking like Hulk Hogan, because that's basically what he was doing? I would fucking go nuts. That would be the best thing in fucking wrestling ever. If he if he was a commentator, Paul White, and then when he wrestles, he's Captain Insano. Can you fucking imagine? God bless pro wrestling. This is just the best. Now, after all this stuff that just happened, which was awesome, we had Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, and Riho Mizunami. Um, this was not great. This was not great. And I, I wish... Uh, you know, the one woman's match that was on this entire night was a barn burner. I think every time they get a chance to showcase the women's talent, it, they should be putting on clinics, barn burners, whatever you want to call them, you know, classics. Um, I don't think they have room to have bad matches anymore because it's not, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't look good. I think it, had a lot to do with, uh, I mean, the internet loves this Maki Ito girl. Uh, like I said, Jim Cornette ripped her to fucking shreds. There was a, a segment right at the beginning where she's hitting Hikaru Shida with the, the microphone, and it's just like the lightest love taps I've ever seen. Uh, Maki Ito also, this was actually funny. She finishes her whole entrance, even though the brawl is happening. She just doesn't get involved. She just finishes her whole song and dance while they're all still brawling in the ring. That was pretty funny. Um, it was clumsy. There was a lot of miscommunication. Um, I So next week, <laughs> so who Thunder Rose, it was the Thunder Driver for the win, uh, and then Britt attacks Thunder Rosa after, you know, Locking in the lockjaw, all kinds of stuff. Um, so it sets up a match for next week. Um, lucky fucking charm slam or whatever that's called. Um, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day smash, maybe it's called. Um, so next week on Dynamite, put it that way. Uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are going to main event Dynamite next week, which is fucking cool because Britt Baker has been on a, a roll so has Thunder Rosa they're both great both working great this is the match um, that I would like to see and it is a unsanctioned lights out match so fucking cool I hope they pull out all the stops I hope they um, thumbtacks please thumbtacks um, I, I, tables chairs all of it get out all the cool shit and Pull off an incredible match, ladies. I really hope you do because this tag match was not it. It was clumsy. These girls, uh, Rio Mizunami looked like shit. Makiito looked like shit. Uh, Shida, Nyla, and Britt Baker looked, I mean, like, looked leaps and bounds ahead of these girls. I know they haven't been able to wrestle a lot lately, so maybe that's the case, but. Their gimmicks also get in the way of them being great performers. Ryo Mizunami does that chest smacking shit, which 90%, 99% of the smacks just seem like she's just clapping on the girl's chest. Like, they're not even chops. They're just fucking horrible. And, and Makiito had some great stuff in there, but the rest of it was very clunky. It looked like she didn't know where to be. Um... You know, and I know she's like a, a she was like a pop star or something like that turned into a professional wrestler. So I know she's not supposed to be this great wrestler, but AEW right now needs their women's division to step up. Uh, I also want to take this time to apologize. I've been really hard on Big Swole. I did not know that um, her flare-ups with Crohn's disease were happening because she can't take her medicine because it'd be deadly uh, if she caught the coronavirus. So um, definitely it's been, uh, you know, straining on her and, you know, affecting her lately. And she's been on and off sick because of her Crohn's disease. So big apology to Big Swole. Um, I, you know, hopefully you have a, a speedy recovery and everything goes back to normal and we can see you shine once again. 
um, and you come back and, and kill it. That's why she was not in the tournament. Um, you know, this was news like literally right after I cut last week's episode. So uh, definitely my bad on that. I just, I mean, also we didn't know. So it's not like I was, um, you know, being insensitive or anything like that. I just had no idea. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm saying on that. Um, after this, we had Matt Hardy cutting a promo. Uh, he's with Private Party basically saying, uh, you know, Hangman won. He's over it. He only took a, a little bit of his money, but the Dark Order must pay. So now we're pivoting to the Dark Order, which is great. Get them in a storyline. And they've he's hired some new hands here. So he's got the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny as his... Uh, uh, under his little faction. So Matt Hardy is now creating his own little stable, Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny and Private Party. Um, so those four are going to uh, face somebody on Elevation on Monday. Um, and then they're going to face the Dark Order next week. Um, at least they're going to be starting the feud with them probably next week. Um, I'm here for it, man. I think this is great. This is a nice pivot away from all this stuff. Maybe Hangman can finally get into a singles program. Um, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies. I think, uh, you know, Hangman and Miro could have a great singles um, feud. I think Hangman and Spears could have a great feud. I think Hangman and MJF could get back, you know, to their feud that they had, you know, once upon a time ago. Um I, I, there's tons of stuff, you know, hangman, Adam page and Ethan page could have a great feud together also. So, um, I think it's time for him to get back into more serious singles competition and, uh, start, you know, climbing up that ladder towards that AEW world champion, Kenny Omega, uh, or the TNT title. Maybe him and Darby could have a fucking great, uh, little feud going, um, I don't know. I just Hangman has such fucking great potential. I mean, I've loved the stuff that he's done with the Dark Order. It's a nice story. But let's move on. Let's get you, you know, more matches on Dynamite, more more storylines going with you. Get us to care like we were when you were Kenny and Hangman uh doing the tag title run um cuz that was I some of the best pro wrestling I've watched. It's, it was it was all great storytelling. Um, but yeah, so I, I hope they get hangman and I mean, and my wife loves hangman, you know, uh, so she wants to see him on TV too. Um, after this, we had the TNT championship match, Scorpio sky versus Darby Allen. Um, Darby has this great, um, this great spot where he kind of like hurts his ankle. I don't think it was intentional. Um, but Scorpio Sky played into it and starts working that leg. And at one point, he starts wrenching on it and wrenching on it. And, uh, you know, I think this is after the match. But there's a heel fucking turn with Scorpio Sky. Um, he literally is looking at his hands like, what am I doing? And kind of smiling and looking around like, I do have it. I do have that fire back in me. And he walks out the heel fucking tunnel after this match. But in the match, there was craziness. There was a nice code red by Darby. Uh, there was the holding German suplexes by Scorpio Sky. Almost getting three, but uh, a big two was awesome. There was a dive by Darby Allen. Uh, he went through you know, the lower uh, end of the ropes, and Scorpio Sky caught him into a fucking cutter. It was one of the sickest fucking things I've ever seen. Um, there was a, a coffin drop that ca countered into a power bomb. I've never seen that yet either. That was sick. Um, and then Darby getting the roll up for the win. Scorpio Sky has won by a lot of roll ups. So this was pretty cool for Darby to pull it out on him. And, uh, but yeah, getting that heel hook uh, at the end and. The fucking heel turn. Scorpio Sky turning heel. That I did not see that coming. Um, so this is great. Maybe maybe this will be the 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 big feud with uh, Darby Allen for that TNT championship. Um, but who knows? I, I'm sure 
I just think he needs to be defending it every single week, no matter if it's somebody random. Cody did the best work uh, with that title uh, when he was defending it every single week with a new person uh, having great little uh, matches. Even with, dude, Sonny Kiss and him had a fucking great match. Um, and Cody and Darby, f- almost perfect fucking match uh, when Darby won the title. It was, it was amazing. Um, so... After this match, we get the Inner Circle War Council. So it's Chris Jericho. Let me just paint the picture, okay? Let's paint it. MJF, Chris Jericho, Proud and Powerful, and Jake Hager come out to the ring so we don't have Wardlow and Sammy Guevara has been kicked out, right? So I'm wondering where's Wardlow. I don't know what's going on. Um, You know, they start talking, and we all have gotten the little hint that MJF is going to kick out Chris Jericho here. So Jericho starts talking about, you know, there needs to be some some changes here. Maybe add a new person or maybe maybe we need to subtract somebody. And he kind of looks at MJF and he's like, whoa, 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 Chris. If anybody is going to be subtracted, it's going to be you. And everybody turns and looks at Chris Jericho. So everybody is on MJF's side at this point. Sammy Guevara's music hits. Sammy Guevara comes out and starts cutting a promo talking about how MJF has is done this from the beginning, even though Chris Jericho's like, I never wanted to see you or speak to you again. Uh, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And he goes, no, you got to watch this. And so they watch this video up on the, uh, the big screen. And Sammy Guevara hides this video camera in the inner circle locker room and you know time lapses in the inner circles in there and mjf basically is like it's time to cut the head off the snake and let's get rid of chris jericho so cuts back to the ring every you know mjf's like oh this is this is crazy you know I, i'm not trying to take over blah 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 and he's like trying to backtrack and chris jericho's like no um you know i've all we're not stupid we've all seen this coming and you know, he's like, all right, well, let's get him, boys. And they start getting closer to, to Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, this great little moment goes, um, no, I don't think so. And everybody turns on MJF. And he's like, you think we're stupid? You think we don't talk every single day? He goes, that's the one thing about the inner circle. And Sammy Guevara falls in line again. So the inner circle, the original inner circle is back together. I don't think there was ever... Uh, a time where he was actually gone. They were just playing MJF. MJF's almost crying in the corner. And he says, uh, basically, you're not going to take over the inner circle, uh, blah, blah, blah. MJF's like, I wasn't trying to enter, you know, take over the inner circle, Chris. I was trying to create my own. And the lights go off. And out of nowhere, my wife says, it's going to be Wardlow. FTR and Sean Spears. I had no idea how she knew this. She goes, well, she didn't say their names exactly. She said it's gonna be it's gonna be the dudes, uh, uh, the tag team. Wardlow is gonna be there because we we don't see him. And the lights come back on, and there's FTR, and there's Wardlow, and I'm like, how the fuck did she call that? And so now we have Wardlow with fucking FTR, Sean Spears. And MJF running this motherfucker. So they beat down the inner circle. A big brawl happens. They end up powerbombing Chris Jericho off of the stage through the tables on the, uh, you know, around the apron. And it it really reminds me of the moment they did this to Mox. Um, they powerbombed him off of the, the stage. The inner circle did. So this is... This is uh, karma, kind of. I, I think it's one year to the date that this happens. Um, maybe a, a little bit off. But yeah, where they started doing this to Mox. Like, this is this is great storytelling. Um, MJF having his own inner circle, his own five horsemen, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what their name is yet. I'm sure they're going to, you know, try to act all hard-ass and be like, we don't need a fucking silly name. Uh, we're just, you know, we're badasses and we're going to get gold and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's a cool gimmick. I see a lot of like, why is Sean Spears in it? Dude, you guys, 
need to lay off Sean Spears. He is one of the top workers in pro wrestling. He he just doesn't have the. I mean, when he came in with that storyline with Cody, uh, he was hotter than shit, man. He was on fire, uh, lopping Cody in the head with that fucking chair. Uh, this big feud built up, and then after that, he just kind of got put on the back burner. And then we were supposed to get that great moment with uh, him and Scorpio Sky that that was building up to a head. Uh, gonna get a great match between those two, and all the COVID fucking bullshit, uh, you know, knocked that out of whack because somebody came into contact with it, and then the other person did. So it was like four weeks of you know them not being there, you know, basically alternating who's there and who's not there. So we never got that match. That feud got just pushed out, and Spears went away for a while, and now that he's back, I hope. He just goes on a fucking tear and shows all of you guys what you know how good he is because I I mean I think he's he's absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to see him um and you know trio uh trio uh, tag fucking matches with FTR him and his his new faction that he's with. I mean it's going to do nothing but boost all five of these guys, MJF being the leader, he's the Ric Flair of this fucking group. It's it's fantastic. This is this is great fucking storylines. I mean, them going off the air with those five guys standing. Oh yeah, and Tully Blanchard's with them. I forgot. Um those guys standing up on the the you know on the entrance ramp, um going off the air. Perfect. I cannot wait to see what they come up with next week obviously we're going to hear from all of them uh hopefully we get some matches out of them that are just fantastic uh i wonder how long the wardlow mjf thing is going to be are they going to end up finally you know splitting that off because it would make more sense to have just mjf ftr and sean spears be this new this new faction uh you know we'll wait and see what they do um with all of this because you know, obviously we've seen so far Wardlow is the only one to stick by MJF and every single little thing that he creates for himself, they all end up realizing that he's a snake or MJF ends up turning on, you know, his best friend Cody Rhodes and kicks him in the nuts. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what all happens. I'm, I'm super pumped for it. I hope you guys are too. Um, Tony Khan is, uh, you know, boasting this this next week's episode saying you guys are gonna want to tune into this there's big big things happening which i mean lately he's been saying that all the time uh you know sorry tony khan but um not a lot of people have uh, a lot of faith in your big surprise moments uh i mean i've also been seeing this thing with christian cage not being a great signee i mean dude he's you guys got to listen to some of these vets that talk about this guy. He's he's one of the best minds in wrestling, and he's cleared, and he's super healthy. I think he's going to have killer matches. We'll see um, when Kenny and him finally go at it how, how up to par is he actually because Kenny Omega, let's just face it, he is the greatest wrestler in the world. And he puts people to the test, man. He really, uh, he really knows how to go out there and and tear the fucking house down. So um, that outwork everyone slogan uh, will be put to the test for sure. But I think you guys know what time is it. Normally, when we get done with dynamite, it's time to get into the official match of the week. All right, everybody, the official match of the week. Um, it was a toss-up, man. I really liked the Darby Allen match, uh, but I think I'm going to go with Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson to start off Dynamite. Uh, Ray Phoenix uh, is just on a, a, a fucking... He's on a tear, man. He's having great matches every single time he steps out there. He's just incredible. He sets new... Um, standards every single time he gets in that fucking ring. I cannot wait to see him, the Young Bucks, and Pac go at it again. Uh, not again. Go at it for the first time because Pac adds a whole new element to that match. 
Um, but yeah, that is the official match of the week. Uh, let me know what your guys's match of the week is. And, uh, my phone's going off. Um, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at jengler 88 at the official hundred percent elite podcast, Twitter page at a hundred elite pod. Let me know what you guys think, um, of the show, of my reviews of the entire podcast. Um, let me know what you guys thought of the homework this week, uh, the match of the week. Just let me know all of the stuff. And if you're on a Apple device, please take the time and rate five stars. Leave a review. I will read your reviews on this podcast um, for sure. No matter what you put on there, you can just be hyping up your own shit. I don't care. I will read it on the podcast. Just get them out there. Put them on there. Um because they really, really help out this podcast. It'll it'll get more eyes on this. It'll get more, uh, you know, basically it'll put it up further in the the algorithm for when people search AEW or wrestling uh, in their Apple, iPhone, whatever on the podcast app, and it'll get more traction. You know what I mean? And I'll be able to produce more segments and have on more guests and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I think it's about that time, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys on the next one. We are many, you are one, we have plenty, you have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun, you're walking backwards while I run, met without cause you're outdone, open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun, you're never stopping me, you're never stopping this, you never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this, so I'll just bring